In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Well, this is the account of the passion of Jesus, of you, Lord, who we seek to communicate with intimately in these moments of prayer. This is the account of the passion recorded by St. John, in the 19th chapter of his Gospel. And um, the account by St. John is particularly precious to us because he was there at those moments, that supreme moment of the crucifixion, when everybody else almost, except for St. John and Our Lady and some of the holy women, everyone else Lord had abandoned you, they left you alone when you most needed them. So St. John's account is, is particularly valuable as that of an eyewitness, a loving eyewitness, it has to be said. Also particularly valuable because this is the account given by the disciple whom Jesus loved for whom our Lord had a particular love. And we can imagine that St. John lived through these extraordinarily painful and um, grace-filled moments uh, with a particular love, with a particular intimacy, with a particular union with Christ. Perhaps we might be struck a little bit by how succinct it is. St. John says the bare minimum they took Jesus, he went out bearing his own cross to Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side. I mean, St. John's Gospel is not particularly succinct, if you were to contrast it with Mark. Mark is much more brief in how he recounts things. But John here says very little. And maybe... This is pure conjecture, but maybe St. John couldn't bring himself to go into any greater detail. His love for our Lord was so great and the pain of our Lord's passion was so huge that he couldn't bring himself really to, to spell it out in any detail. In any event, guided by the Holy Spirit, he wrote what he wrote and that is sufficient for us to meditate and maybe fewer words are better because that way we can enter into it guided ourselves by the Holy Spirit. There they crucified him. He carried his own cross. Certainly here there's 
an ocean of love. You could say the greatest manifestation of the reality of God's very identity. God is love. And this is made palpable. This is made flesh. This is made blood. This is made passion. In the mystery of the carrying of the cross, the way of the cross, which culminates in our Lord's death and resurrection. It's really good for us to, we know this, it's, it's part of, you could say, it's instinctive to Christians. Um, and it is natural and has always been there in the history of the church, in the history of Catholic spirituality. We need, as it were, to enter into the passion of our Lord. As St. Josemaria used to put it, enter into the wounds of Christ crucified. It does us an enormous amount of good to, as it were, plunge ourselves into this ocean of divine love made human, made flesh, made passion in Christ's way of the cross. And, and that's the origin, I guess, of the devotion of the way of the cross, which is so venerable in the history of the church and so natural. We need, as it were, Lord, you know this better than I do. You know this better than we do. We need, as it were, to place our feet in the footsteps of our Lord as he goes willingly and lovingly with sovereign freedom towards Calvary and from there to the Father in the glory of the resurrection. We need to live that out in our lives. We know that mm, the devotion of the way of the cross had different manifestations over the centuries. It started early in the holy city of Jerusalem where even today um, Christians constantly do the way of the cross through the streets of the city of Jerusalem. And then in the 16th, 17th and 18th centuries it grew in popularity. People did the way of the cross in their own churches or in their own cities. And now practically in every Catholic church it's normal to have the way of the cross in, installed and blessed and it's an essential part of our, of our piety. Maybe in this meditation we could formulate the petition, Lord, help us to realise more deeply your love for us. That That is a way of holiness. Um, it's not a way of complacency, of, of being soft. It's a way of, I suppose, responding heroically to our Lord's love. We can only respond with fullness of love to the extent that we realise and appreciate the depth of our Lord's love for us. Like St. Paul does, as he says in, in the Galatians, to the letter to the Galatians, um, he loved me and gave himself up for me. Or the fuller quote would be, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Well, in this holy season of Lent, that is, please God, one of the discoveries we could very usefully make, that our Lord loved us and gave himself up for us. Indeed, that our Lord loves us now and gives himself up for us. After all, the great 17th century French apologist, intellectual, Blaise Pascal, he has that phrase, which at times has been quoted by the popes as well. Jesus Christ is in agony until the end of the world. Our Lord's love is constant. This too, I'm sure, is the motivation behind why St. Josemaria wrote um, The Way of the Cross. 
those points of meditation on the 14 stations of the cross, which uh, were published this year, 40 years ago, published posthumously, a drawing from the writings of the founder of the work. And why, why did he write it? What's the reason? Well, there are some words of his in uh, Friends of God. Uh, he says, I have always advised people to read books on our Lord's Passion. Such works, full of true piety, bring to our minds the Son of God, a man like ourselves and always true God, excuse me, a man like ourselves and also true God, who in his flesh loves and suffers to redeem the world. So why meditate on the way of the cross so as to come to terms with the immense love of God for us? To meet God who is, as St. Josemaria says, a man like ourselves and also true God, who in his flesh loves and suffers to redeem the world. So in the meditation of the way of the cross which we are undertaking for the season of Lent, we're doing so guided and inspired by St. Josemaria, who in turn, of course, is guided and inspired by the great tradition of the Church in union, therefore, with all our brothers and sisters in the faith of all places and in all, all times. The first fruit of this meditation, and we can ask the Holy Spirit for that fruit now, uh, could be a greater realisation of the immensity of our Lord's love for us. Lord, I too would like to say, hand on my heart, with St. Paul, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. St. John says, therefore, they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of his skull. They took Jesus. It's almost like you, Lord, you've been reduced to being an object, a thing that can be taken, that can be taken for granted and abused, as indeed you were in the carrying of the cross. And you carry your own cross. We see our Lord embracing the cross. That is the second station, our Lord takes up his cross. Maybe we see him, as it were, kiss the cross or hug the cross. Not that our Lord enjoys pain, but our Lord seeks to fully shoulder um, the love of humanity. And there he is making his way through the city streets. And it's good, it's always good. This again is a, and a teaching of St. Josemaria to meditate um, using our imagination as best we can to meditate on the passion and look at Jesus as he makes his way through those hilly streets, cobbled streets of Jerusalem. The brutality of it all. Our Lord is very dehydrated. He has been scourged, a severe, a very severe punishment that often brought out, brought about the death of the victim. He has lost an enormous amount of blood through the scourging. He has been bleeding all night, bleeding from the head, from the face, from every part of his body. Our Lord is dehydrated. Our Lord is very weak. We see his limbs tremble as he, as he tries to balance, to keep on his back, the weight of that cross, that trembling of Jesus. We could meditate on that for a long time. The laboured breathing of our Lord. Again, we could meditate on that for a long time. 
And these days, as we accompany, perhaps physically or perhaps spiritually, those who are sick with the coronavirus or with other illnesses, we see the suffering Jesus in them, undoubtedly. As we pray, of course, for an end to the pandemic. We can only understand human frailty and sickness, actually, in the light of the passion. And that frailty, the precariousness of human life, that illness takes on an all-powerful meaning. Uh, it takes on, if you like, a function of love in light of the passion. So we see our Lord going through the streets. We can hear the noise of the crowds, the roughness of the soldiers, their brutality. It has been said that men who were uh, tasked with crucifying people in those times were well oiled as they say that they they had been uh, they had drunk a fair bit of alcohol in order to be able to carry out such an incredibly brutal um, task we see the people of Jerusalem many of them have no idea who Jesus Christ is but they're afraid they're worked up into a frenzy we see mothers hiding children or hiding the faces of 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 children from this incredibly grisly spectacle. We see others who who throw out their frustrations, their anger on this innocent man. And on you, Lord, all the time, what are you doing? Putting one foot in front of the other out of sheer, unconditional, eternal love. We ask the Holy Spirit, we ask through the intercession of St. Maria, indeed, that um, we would have a deeper perception of this love. That would be a great fruit of the season of Lent. And it is the natural fruit always of meditation on the passion. Lord, in contemplating your, your sad journey through Jerusalem, we realise the depth of your love. One foot in front of the other, with immense determination. And as we go through the way of the cross, that's what we see always, that uh, firm determination of Jesus to go to the cross. This is the amazing thing. He could have avoided it. He could have said, no, I don't need to do that. But he freely chose to embrace human pain, rejection, loneliness, anxiety, all those, all those sufferings we all experience. And ultimately, the great suffering and trauma of death, which is a fruit of sin. Our Lord freely chooses to embrace all of that out of loving solidarity with us. He doesn't have to do that, but he does it out of love. Lord, what are you thinking of as you go through the streets of Jerusalem? What's going through your mind? What's in your heart? Maybe we should say, well, who is in your mind? Who is in your heart? There's an interesting um, paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, entitled The Heart of the Incarnate Word. It's point 478. Jesus knew and loved us each and all during his life, his agony and his passion and gave himself up for each one of us. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. He has loved us all with a human heart. 
For this reason, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, pierced by our sins and for our salvation, is quite rightly considered the chief sign and symbol of that love with which the Divine Redeemer continually loves the Eternal Father and all human beings without exception. Yes, Lord, in the contemplation of your way of the cross, we want to contemplate not only the physical sufferings or, you know, the externals of this event, but above all, we would like to enter into your heart. And what do we find in your heart? Only ourselves. We find that we are the object of this love, that we are, I suppose, the, um, the object of, of this suffering too. Lord, help me to understand this a little more. Holy Spirit, I ask you for the grace of piety, of filial love, in order to understand something of God's love for us in his Son. It is interesting, of course, that we, we talk about the word passion in relation to um, the suffering of Jesus. Passio. Uh, passion, which means suffering, undoubtedly. Uh, which also means a very strong love. And putting it together in the context of the way of the cross, it's a suffering of love, an overwhelming suffering of love. A passion, etymologically as well, of course, is the origin of the word patience. Patior is to suffer. Passio is the suffering. And patientia, or patience, comes from that, I suppose, that willingness to suffer for another. So when we contemplate the way of the cross, the first fall, the second fall, the third fall, um, we contemplate our Lord going out of himself to uh, comfort the women of Jerusalem. We see our Lord staggering, falling, and Simon of Cyrene helping him. We see our Lord stretch out his hands on the cross to be nailed freely for love. In all of that, we are contemplating the passio, the, the love and the suffering and also the patience of Christ. We all know that patience can be a very difficult virtue. So easy to say it. But uh, really patient people are really strong people. We know that. Our Lord's love for us is a strong love a suffered love and a patient love. Those words of the prophet Jeremiah, well, of the Lord and the prophet Jeremiah, apply to each one of us. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Well, that's us in the season of Lent. The Lord wants to build us up again. Again, I will build you and you shall be built. Lord, I really do want to be rebuilt, to be re-edified, to be strengthened in your love. And that comes primarily from contemplating your love made flesh in Christ along the way of the cross. In the um, way of the cross, St. Maria constantly emphasizes, not surprisingly, that it's all about our Lord's love for us. For example, he writes, An inexhaustible source of life is the passion of Jesus. Sometimes we renew the joyous impulse that took our Lord to Jerusalem. Other times, the pain of the agony which ended on Calvary. 
or the glory of his triumph over death and sin, but always the love, joyful, sorrowful, glorious, of the heart of Jesus Christ. I remember a few years ago, a lady who had been diagnosed with a serious uh, cancer, and um, she was a, a lovely person, really, a mother, um, a wife. She also worked hard. They had a family business, and uh, she worked in that. And she was very concerned because she wasn't sure how she would be able to break the news of her devastating diagnosis to her mother. Her mother was a countrywoman um, who had not had very much formal education. She herself was a great lady, well into her old age. She had been the mother of, I think, 10 children. And now this one of her children was uh, had been given a short time to live. And she didn't know how to, you know, to go and say this to her mother. Um, but anyway, she, she had to say it to her. So she went and had that conversation um, with her mum. And her mother looked at her with tremendous love and patience and quiet and said nothing for a while. Said nothing. And then she said, well... Um, in the most difficult moments of my life, she told her daughter, in the most difficult moments of my life, when we didn't have enough food on the table, because they were a poor family, when I lost a child, she had lost a number of children, when things were really hard in my life, I always did the way of the cross. And that gave me the strength I needed to keep going. Now, this old lady had no formal theological education. She she was a, a typical lady of um, rural Ireland, Catholic, uh, with a deep faith, a deep love for the Mass and for the Rosary um, and for the Cross. And you'd have to say, even if she hadn't done any PhD in, in <laughs> philosophy or theology, she had a wisdom, you know, true Christian wisdom, you might say the wisdom of the cross. That's what she said to her daughter, you know, who was preparing to die. You know, look, um, the way of the cross. And her daughter um, got a copy of the way of the cross by St. Jose Maria. And that was what accompanied her for the next number of years on her journey until the Lord took her home. Um, she used that way of the cross constantly and as her mother had said she got the strength she needed from it it has to be said that she lived longer much longer than the the prognosis she was given thank god but again we know that that's kind of just pure christian wisdom you know it's lord is from our contemplation of your love for us that we draw the strength we need uh, to stick close to you in our most difficult moments Recently, I heard only in the last week, actually, of a lady who was dying as a result of the virus and her children read the way of the cross to her by her bed. And she had a beautiful, peaceful death. Lord, it's in your cross that we touch most closely, most intimately, the love of God the Father, of God the Son and of God the Holy Spirit. So how can we uh, renew 
our awareness of the Lord's love for us. But certainly by taking to our prayer the way of the cross, we can use the text of St. Josemaria or any other text that we like. Sometimes there's an abbreviated version I see available of the way of the cross also on the St. Josemaria Institute website. That, that might be helpful for us. There are many other good way um, texts for the way of the cross. Um, but one way or the other, it is important for us, I guess, to enter into this mystery. And there are many ways of doing it, as we know. And Lent is a privileged time to do it, definitely, to, to accompany. I mean, that's what Lent is about, isn't it? To accompany our, accompany our Lord closely along the way uh, towards the cross and ultimately the resurrection. Because Easter is the fruit of Lent, as resurrection is the fruit of the cross. There are many ways of following Jesus in the way of the cross. One of them is just our devotion to the crucifix itself. To have our own crucifix, be it on our wall, on our desk, on our screensavers, in our pocket, around our neck. The crucifix, the most beautiful revelation of who God is, the fullest revelation of who God is. Because God is love. And that is nowhere more apparent um, than on the crucifix. St. Josemaria at times, like every priest, I guess, he, he'd be given a crucifix to bless. And people said that often he would take the crucifix, bless it, and kiss each one of, of the wounds of our Lord. You know, realizing the, the reality of our Lord's wounds. So the crucifix, maybe getting ourselves a crucifix or, or renewing our devotion to our crucifix, or, or if we like, kissing our crucifix from time to time or placing it on the table beside our bed or beside our computer or on our workbench or, or wherever whatever we like there's no rules about how we have devotion to the crucifix maybe it's the crucifix in our local parish above the tabernacle or wherever it might be spending time there clearly the rosary uh, particularly the sorrowful and then glorious mysteries but during Lent the sorrowful mysteries they lead us into the way of the cross you could say um, and that's a precious way, of course, to meditate on the Passion because, well, we're meditating on the Passion through the eyes and with the heart of Mary, the Mother. So that's very powerful. The devotion to the Divine Mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. Which is closely linked, of course, to the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This too leads us into... Um, into the mystery of our Lord's love for us. There, there's so many ways. The devotion to the, the wounds of Jesus. St. Josemaria had a number of crucifixes made, almost life-size, to help people to pray. One of them is in Rome, in the college, the Roman College of the Holy Cross, and the other is in the shrine of Our Lady of the Angels in Tara Ciudad, in Spain. They're both made from the same mould, and they are really beautiful serene and the crucifix eh, shows our lord before he has died with his eyes open with a look of tenderness uh, compassion love understanding saint josemaria had no time for the notion that on the cross our lord was angry or resentful of us he realized that that was not christian that's not compatible really with the gospel and that's why he liked a crucifix which shows our Lord fully consciously and freely suffering with his eyes wide open, looking upon us 
looking upon us. So as we begin our Lenten journey, we go to Our Lady, the Blessed Mother, who is the best guide to lead us along the way of the cross. Nobody participated more intimately and more willingly, more fully, in the passion of her son than you, our, our Blessed Mother, did. And so we're weak, we're poor, we're not up to much. Therefore, we place our hand in your hand and we ask you, Mother, to lead us to Jesus from the suffering of his passion into the glory of his resurrection. Grant us the grace we've been asking the Holy Spirit for. We ask you for your intercession to obtain for us this grace that we may have a deeper perception of our Lord's love for us, which is made flesh in the way of the cross. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.